Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. And before we get started on all the uh, crazy issues of the day, let us read some scripture and and get our minds and our hearts uh, focused on where they should be, which is our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, Let us refer to Psalm 46.1. Very good verse in these troubled times. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. How about this one? Uh, one of my favorites, First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Do you have anxiety? Uh, I sure do. Uh, if, if you know the issues of the day backwards and forwards and know exactly what's going on and where we're headed and, or you have no clue of what's going on other than some of the sound bites and things that you see in the news and you're very anxious, we're all anxious. Um, if we, if we know where this thing is headed or we have no clue where it's headed, we're still very anxious. So first Peter, uh, five, seven is a great verse to, uh, to read, drink in, meditate upon, and lastly, um, a, a very uh, well often quoted verse, John fourteen twenty seven. peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Uh, those of you that are born again Christians, you understand this, but we, we drift and we keep our eyes oftentimes on CNN or Fox or talk radio or some of the visuals and videos that we see and some of the crazy talk that we hear from our friends and family and coworkers. And we, um, even though we have the Lord, the do not let your heart be troubled thing and do not be afraid sometimes gets away from us. And we have to continue to orient ourselves and just take it back to the Bible. What does the word of God say about this guy, that lady, this principle, that principle, who should I vote for? Is what I'm seeing on a video, is it of Christ? Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it drawing the me and the culture closer to Jesus? Is it drawing us further away? Is chaos the order of the day? Is is God small in the hearts and minds and souls of all of these people doing crazy things out there that are affecting everybody's life. So we do not know what to think. Uh, We can go to what we call credible websites or credible news outlets or, and and surround ourselves with what we consider to be credible folks, um, mentally healthy folks, but at the end of the day, man will fail you. And you, you guys know that. And we always got to take it back to the word of God. So starting the program with some verses is, uh, is very appropriate. I am um, never wanting to be accused of being a conservative hack. Um, full disclosure, I am quite conservative. Uh, new listeners daily. So we... Um, always have to say this, right, Mr. Producer, we have to say, um, I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. That is a true statement. I was a Republican for about 20 years. And, um, I, uh, in the last 13 years, I have been an independent registered independent. So, uh, the reason I I give you this preamble is the uh, first article that I am 
quoting from is uh, the New York Times, hardly a uh, a repository of, of conservative thought. But um, I thought I would read a few things in there um, just to give you their take on it, um, comment on some of the things I have uh, read in the article. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, this first article says how Trump's use of federal forces in cities differs from past presidents. And um, it says legal scholars fear the president is trying to take on a job that the Constitution did not give the federal government. Um, let me start out before the article uh, gets going here. We as conservatives should be concerned about federal troops um, storming into cities. Um, storming is probably a provocative word. Showing up in cities. Um, I have said it once. I will say it a billion times. Um, this is why we think. This is why if you are a conservative or a faith-based voter, do not swallow everything that your favorite politician or your favorite party happens to um, put out there. Um if you do that, uh, the end result at the end of time is usually you fall in lockstep with uh, the deliverer of the message rather than the message itself. So first and foremost, um, we should all be very concerned and our tenors, antennas should go way up when federal troops are um, showing up in cities to quote unquote restore order. Let me just say that right out of the chute. Um, however, lest you think that I'm going down a road that you don't want me to go down, um, I think uh, cautiously that it is necessary for these federal troops to come into these some of these cities in certain circumstances. And this is where we have to think. This is where we have to check our emotion and put it on the back burner and think, think, think. So the article goes on to say federal police clashing with protesters outside the federal authority, or excuse me, federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon this week. And um, anybody that has seen any of the images of Seattle, Chicago, whatever, Portland is, um, is fast becoming the new uh, crazy town, if you will. Um, it is, I, I think we're up to 65 days now of, of abject unrest, craziness, um, demands of, uh, defunding the police, defaming of federal statues. Um, uh, federal buildings, uh, are, are being, uh, shut off and, and people's access to those, uh, courthouses is being stymied. And, um, right then and there, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves here, but that is a crisis. Um, the, the, the left may tell you that just, um, boarding up that, uh, federal courthouse or, um, or just taking it over is no big deal. People go there to pay their, uh, parking tickets. That's not true. Um, many, many, many big federal cases and business that is conducted of import in those uh, federal courthouses is being stymied. And that is a big deal. You cannot do that. Um, uh, chaos is the order of the day. If you do do that at the least, and I, I do say least, 
the backlog of cases that will happen because of that and have happened because of that invariable. And we don't have to go much farther than 90 miles up the road here from Philadelphia um, to see what's happening in New York. Um, Many cases are being dismissed and and hustled through um, the system because of uh, uh, preemptions in in, uh, in business and shutdowns of of uh, uh, courthouses and in the the legal process and it, it is it is absolutely uh, critical that these things flow um, naturally and if they do not the end result at the least is um, criminals getting back on the street or people slapping people on the wrist just to move the process along because it has been preempted so um, these are not small things. Article goes on to say federal forces went into Los Angeles to control the Rodney King riots. They entered Washington, Chicago, and Baltimore in the days after the killing of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. They went into Detroit during race riots in 1943 and then again in 1967. They were in Little Rock, Arkansas during school integration for the Pullman strike of 1894. We all remember that one, right? In Chicago and across numerous cities during the Great Railroad Strike of 1877. Who could forget that? Um, They were there also. So as you're starting to hear, the article is setting us up for these were um, legitimate uses of federal forces coming into major cities in the United States. But it's, it's, it's starting to set us up for are what's or is what's going on in these cities does it rise to the level of donald trump sending in federal troops so uh we continue so in some ways the scenes of officers clad in riot gear this week in portland have a long american lineage in federal responses to domestic unrest but there is something different in this moment In President Trump's repeated vows to send forces to other American cities for reasons that slip between protecting specific federal properties, restoring general order, and combating violent crime. The idea of bringing in troops or law enforcement in its many forms to quell um, civilian protest is American as apple pie. It is foundational to the nation, said Heather Ann Thompson, a historian at the University of Michigan. But here's the but. Then the president began talking about crime in Chicago and naming cities where protests this summer haven't turned violent. Um, May be surprised to hear me say this, but um, to a degree, I agree with um, Mrs. Thompson here. Uh, Sending federal troops in when, as I chronicled before, the federal courthouses are being taken over. Uh, statues are being ripped down. There's unrest as far as uh, um, business owners just being beaten down just to try to protect property. Um, uh, you know, various other situations where the inmates are running the asylum. Uh, an argument can be made for federal troops coming in. But as as Mrs. Thompson asserts here, when Donald Trump gets up in an election year, and start saying, hey, you know, I'm going to clean up this city and uh, this city's a little out of control. I'm going to clean them up. That rhetoric, although not extra constitutional, not illegal, is not helpful. 
And what it does is it drip, drip, drips gasoline on a smoldering and sometimes not even smoldering fire. So um, dealing with problems at hand, as the aforementioned paragraph, the Rodney King riots and riots in Washington, Chicago, Baltimore, people are okay with that. When you start, um, okay, it's a Christian show. Let me clean this up. Uh, When you start um, kicking butt and taking names and saying, hey, buddy, you're next. And if you don't get it together, I'm going into that city. That rhetoric is not helpful. Article continues. This is what is alarming about where we are now. She said there is a way in which he is taking this to the next level. And Mr. Trump has at his disposal a resource unlike what presidents had in 68 or 1894, a vast array of federal law enforcement agencies that has grown in scale and increasingly come to resemble military troops. He can deploy forces that look and feel to local residents just like the military without having to take the politically wrought fraught step, which made some previous presidents deeply uneasy of deploying the military itself into American cities. With these forces, which have an intricate web of legal authorities to protect federal property, to operate far from the border, to interchange their roles, legal scholars across the political spectrum fear the president is trying to take on a job that the Constitution did not give the federal government. I disagree with Mrs. Thompson when she asserts that. Now, the next two paragraphs I'm going to read, I really disagree with, lest you think that I'm going in an anti-Donald Trump way or I'm okay with these rioters doing whatever they're doing in these cities. Um, I cannot disagree more with the next two um, paragraphs, um, one of which is by Clark Neely. He is the vice president for criminal justice at the libertarian-leaning Cato Institute. Article continues... That is the use of federal officers as a just run-of-the-mill domestic policing force, said Clark Neely. Um, Nobody's saying run-of-the-mill, excuse me, run-of-the-mill, Mr. Neely. The vice president for criminal justice at the Cato Institute, I understand we're supposed to believe that this is an extraordinary circumstance, but it is still fundamentally a local law enforcement responsibility to maintain order and protect lives and property. Well, in theory, yes. I know libertarians don't like to get involved in these things and they and they they respect states' rights and, and local authorities' um, uh, ability or or obligation to do these things. Um, but it certainly, I would um, disagree with Mr. Neely, is an extraordinary circumstance when you have elected and appointed officials in a municipality of any degree of size, but it's it's far worse when it's a major city such as Washington, Philadelphia, Portland, Seattle, etc., who have been sworn to protect and to serve their constituents, their citizens, and you have abject rioting in the street, lawlessness taking over of law enforcement Entities such as um, anarchists um, going into police um, barracks and and just saying uh, out cops get out of here you don't live here anymore we do roaming around um, with uh, 
munitions, um, some of which, and probably most of which are not registered munitions, um, violent uh, behavior um, that that doesn't stop um, uh, short of murder. You cannot, in a sane world, make the comment that this is not an extraordinary uh, circumstance. It certainly is extraordinary when you have people setting up shop and, and creating mini cities within cities where abject lawlessness is is happening and federal um, uh, business is being curtailed. That That is an extraordinary circumstance. And Donald Trump is, is well within his constitutional right to send um, federal entities into those areas to do what they need to do if um, the politicians and the appointed uh, individuals uh, in the form of judges in those areas have absolutely said, we are going to sit on our hands and let this thing kind of smolder and peter out on itself, which it never does. Um, that's an extraordinary circumstance. So I, I could not disagree with Mr. Neely more on that one. He continues, the mere fact that cities aren't doing that job to the president's satisfaction hasn't historically been justification for sending in federal forces. Again, an insane statement and an oversimplification of, of a very, very dire problem. Um, it is not only President Trump um, that is dissatisfied with um, what's going on in these cities. It is the people in those cities that are absolutely helpless. Now, um, a pure libertarian speaking, um, um, you know, figuratively would say, well, you know, um, you get the government that you uh, that you elect. Right. Um, if, if these people have elected these feckless hacks as um, as politicians and these politicians have appointed people in the form of judges that are just not helping, then that's your problem. You know, next next time there's an election, um, vote for somebody that will protect you. You know, that, that, that's kind of all well and good and sounds really great. But Rome is burning, um, Mr. Neely. And and to say that they have a redress of their grievances and they can handle their own stuff um, when, again, federal buildings are being taken over um, and there is um, absolutely lawlessness in the streets is is uh, a dire circumstance. It's an emergent circumstance. And there's really um, nothing else to be done. It, you know, I mean, if, if you're if your police officers who are very willing to come in and um, handle uh, crime and enforce law have been um, pilloried and, and slapped and handcuffed and, and injured and maimed and, and harmed and killed uh, as they have. And then the politicians are really quite okay with that. And they're really uh, the few individuals in that entity that are still standing and willing to to um, be the last line of defense between you and I or you or I and uh, criminals um, 
if those individuals are ordered to stand down and just watch their barracks burn and watch people um, die, then we have abject chaos. And that is a that is a um, a chaotic situation that is in every way, shape, manner or form quite similar to the Rodney King riots, the Detroit riots and, and many other things that have happened historically in this country. Um, so we continue. Um, Mr. Neely said, and there is a broad dispute today over whether we are indeed in extraordinary circumstances. I can't even, and I've, I've done it five ways from Tuesday. I'm not going to do it anymore, but I cannot believe that somebody could say something like that, that we, there is broad dispute whether we are in extraordinary circumstances. Um, if there is indeed broad dispute um, on a wide scale level, we are all up the creek, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think there may be dispute among um, far left leaning uh, individuals and politicians and the rest of the world. But if there is broad dispute across a, a, a wide spectrum of, of Americans, if it's one of those 50-50 things like our elections seem to be every two to four to six years, um, then we're done as a country. It is not a broad dispute. Um, I, I was watching Fox the other day. I do not watch it very often, but I was watching um, some panel talking about the situation with the... Um, I think it's the McClaskey's in uh, St. Louis where they were defending their home and the uh, marauders and criminals that jumped the fence of their gated community and very um, clearly on tape um, threatened them, said that they were going to take up residence in their house, kill their dog. Hey, that room's mine and this room's yours. Um, when the McClaskey's brandished um, firearms, guess what happened in this upside down world? We, we don't have that article in front of us. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. What happened was the marauders were not charged with anything for their trespass, but the McClaskey's um, uh, are and their guns were confiscated. And that's that's the world that we live in now. If um, if that news story, that scenario was put out to every single person in the United States of America. And we had broad dispute of um, who's right in that instance, the people that are trespassing and threatening the home and the personal safety of the homeowner or the homeowner that's saying, get off my property. If there is broad dispute over that, we're in trouble. And to hear the liberal, um, uh, pundit that they interviewed who said something very similar to what Mr. Neely is saying. Like, uh, I don't think it's really clear that this situation is um, a slam dunk for the homeowner. If she's saying that and the other panel members are just kind of agreeing or politely just kind of nodding their head, we are in trouble as a country and, and we are. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I am heartened that I do not believe that the bulk of the American electorate um, thinks that there is broad dispute over whether what is happening in these cities are extraordinary circumstances. Um, I'll try to wind this up here. It says elected officials in Oregon have said they do not need 
or want federal help. Okay, so you have a governor, a mayor, local politicians, local um, judges that say, we got this, we don't need any help. So if they don't need any help, are, are we supposed to just say, okay, you know, um, it's been 65 days. If it takes 185 days, that's okay. Um, you know, homeowners and uh, and uh, business owners um, that have been ravaged and lost their life savings, you know, they're at, they're at your mercy if you decide to intervene um, with these anarchists. Um, okay, yeah, we're okay with that. Um, let me ask you a question. Many of you in the audience are, are too young to remember this name, but um, <clears throat> during the days of uh, segregation in the Deep South, there were um, oftentimes clashes between um, uh, President uh, Kennedy at the time and some subsequent presidents with uh, George Wallace, who was the governor of Alabama. Um, when Alabama was um, one of the last areas in the country that recognized um, African Americans did have the right to access all the things that white people access on a daily basis. Um, let me ask you a question rhetorically here. Do you think that if you stuck a microphone in George Wallace's face at the time where he was okay with separate drinking fountains and, and schools being segregated and... Um, if the federal government wanted to come down and, and assist African-Americans who just wanted to go to school in an area that was close to their house with other white kids, do you think if George Wallace was asked if he needed or wanted federal help, he would say, yeah, come on down. I, I, I really, I got to put a lid on this thing. I can't get it together. No, he would, he would hide behind the 10th amendment, the state's rights thing. Um, we, we don't want federal encroachment coming in here, yada, yada, yada. Well, um, if you ask George Wallace, he probably would have said, and probably did say at the time, I don't, I don't need any uh, feds coming in here and telling me how to run my um, uh, uh, state. And, and he would be very similar to the governor and the mayor of Oregon. Now, a, a, uh, a legal scholar or a constitutional scholar would say, Wait a minute, Kurt. This is this is very much different. That is a a federal civil rights violation, not to let African Americans do this, this, and this. And the feds um, had every right to step in, um, which is true. But the governor and the mayor um, saying that this is not a problem, and we don't need federal help when federal buildings are being destroyed and federal statues are being destroyed and bi the business that is conducted in these courthouses is being preempted is I, I think the president is on very sound constitutional grounds to do what he is doing. Um, article uh, says here, um, it is what I just said. It is different from Oxford, Mississippi in 62 or Little Rock in 57 when open when local officials were openly defying federal court orders to desegregate. Now, again, uh, it, it is not completely analogous, but it is somewhat similar um, when officials in major cities across the country are defying their oaths 
to protect their citizens. Um, because and Democrats love to do this. They, they, they are not preemptive in any way when it does not serve them. They would rather wait until these situations continue to smolder. And then, um, you know, they, with, with the premise that this thing will burn itself out. Well, it's not going to, if, if you encourage lawlessness such as this, it will not smolder out and people will die. Um, so when you are charged to take an oath to protect and serve your, um, citizens and you don't do it, um, and it does bleed over into the realm of, um, the federal government having purview in that area, then you have to just accept the fact that the federal government is going to come in in, in the form of, of troops. And, um, you know, th this whole narrative that has been out there that these, um, these troops are, are undercover and they're just grabbing people in, in the dead of night and macing them and throwing them into vans. Um, they have uniforms. The uniforms are clearly identified. They identify themselves. Um, uh, it, they are doing enough identifying of themselves to be sufficient for me. Now the left would want, um, a, a map, a grid of, of where, what hotel you're staying at, what, truck route you're taking to come down into the city. Uh, they, they want a roadmap to, to, um, to blunt any federal forces that are coming. Now, I think that's a little illogical. There, there should be an element of surprise, but, um, to say that these federal troops are, are just jackbooted thugs, uh, to coin a term from yesteryear is, is really a bit of a stretch. And, the uh, article goes on to say the line of protesting mothers facing tear gas and, and all that stuff. Look, anybody that knows how the left operates, how statists operate, how Marxists operate, how people that love government operate, um, don't have to really be too much of a student of history to know that these entities almost exclusively in every crisis situation use hospitals, children, churches, moms, everything that is soft and good and warm and, and lovely and fuzzy to hide munitions, to hide behind, um, you know, to, to mask their nefarious intent of, of, uh, of an anarchistic, uh, overthrow of the government, their words, not mine. Um, this would not be the first time and it will not be the last time that um, moms are used or children are used. Or as I said before, um, uh, churches, hospitals, uh, the people that want to control people do these things. And they often use these things to curry sympathy with um, individuals that that don't know any better or, um, you know, maybe sympathetic to the cause. So the next article here says FBI investigating who is behind Portland's violence. So again, um, it, it doesn't seem to me that you have to be a rocket scientist to understand that, um, 
there's a lot of people on the ground and they've been on the ground for a long time in a lot of cities. Um, this is not uh, this organic thing that has just um, sprouted. Yes, indeed, there are many um, good little liberals out there whose parents are um, either directly or indirectly or um, funding um, little Johnny or little Jane to go and be a good anarchist. Yes, but but there are um, there's a lot of money behind this and the feds as they should want to know who is behind what's going on in Portland or Seattle or many of these cities. So it says the federal Bureau of investigation has launched a formal investigation into the violent attacks on federal law enforcement and federal buildings in Portland Two senior administration officials have said the FBI is one of several federal agencies investigating the individuals and groups who have organized and carried out the nightly riots, which take place in the early morning hours after largely peaceful protests have wrapped up early in the evening. So the useful, I'm not going to use the word, but the useful pawns are put out to soften us all up um, during the early evening hours that's the uh, that is the videos that we see on CNN and other um, entities that want to forward this. It's just a peaceful protest thing. So they are used as um, pawns, if you will, to forward something that is far more nefarious. Um, the FBI did not respond to a request for comment and has not revealed who directed the investigation or when it was initiated. The Oregon City has been ground zero in a fight between the Trump administration and local Democrat leaders who say the White House overstepped its bounds by allowing, allowing federal law enforcement to come in the city and guard a federal courthouse. Acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf told reporters in a press conference Tuesday that he deployed um, elite non-military police enforcement because federal protective services officers assigned to the Hatfield federal courthouse were being overrun by violent anarchists. However, Mayor Ted Wheeler and, and Governor Kate Brown, who we've seen on the news uh, quite regularly, say they do not want federal police in their city and that the Portland police had the situation under control. Even as public parks, statues, minority businesses, and local government buildings have been destroyed or dismantled by the rioters. Now, um, again, this is just an article written by somebody. But if we capture those two lines, we have to scratch our heads and, and ask ourselves if we are living in a parallel universe. Okay, we, we have to put the motion, the emotion aside. We have to, to, to lose the D and the R. We have to lose that Ted Wheeler, the Democrat, said this and that the um, the uh, federal uh, enforcement agency guy said something else. We, we have to just take all of that out of it and just analyze the, the last two lines that I just read. And and it, it just something doesn't compute if you look at the issues of the day from a common sense point of view. Um, Ted Wheeler and Kate Brown say regardless of, of, of political uh, affiliation. They say they do not want, I'm going slow here, federal police in their city, and here's the money line, and that the Portland police 
have the situation under control. Now digest that. Doesn't take a rocket scientist, uh, a poli sci major, anybody to to kind of get a a mental picture what what would under control means, and then analyze the next line: public parks, statues, minority businesses, local government buildings have been destroyed or dismantled by the rioters. Okay. Now, I know words mean things, and I know people can craft words in certain ways to make you believe just about anything. But when a couple of politicians, regardless of political persuasion, say the situation's under control and our eyeballs, not someone's rhetoric, our eyeballs see that public parks, statues, minority businesses, local government buildings are being destroyed and dismantled. And, and people are being beaten down and sometimes murdered before our eyes. This, this isn't, um, this isn't ink on a page. It's what we see. And, and to square those two worlds, Portland police have it under control. And this is what's happening is, is really a parallel universe. And, and I think it, it took a long time for us to get where we are. I think all of us, um, have been desensitized and, and, uh, you know, I'll take it to the faith-based voter. Now faith-based voter, many of them, Hey man, politics is over here. My Christian things over here. I put the news on my blood pressure gets up. Um, um, I I'd rather stay in my bedroom and read my Bible and, um, and just let you guys figure it out or somebody else figure it out. Well, because of your apathy and I'm, I'm trying not to throw rocks at you, because of your apathy, because of your unwillingness to get in the game, at least mentally, we are now in a world where a couple of politicians can say that the Portland police have it under control. And then our eyeballs tell us something different. And if we're in that world and we can see the, the, the abject um, disparity between those two comments and then just go back to, hey, man, I'm going to go to church and we're going to go to the chicken barbecue after church. Uh, that That's troubling to me. This did not happen overnight. We, we A world has developed in which there are far more people than I would like to admit that really don't see the depth of disparity between those two worlds. Portland police have it under control. Everything's burning down. Th- that that's just that's surreal to me and the fact that it isn't surreal to a lot of people is troubling to me now i don't know maybe it's one of those things where okay kurt you got the guts to be on the public airwaves and other people go on tv and and go blah 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 and i used to do that too and uh, i'm not that person but i can tell you one thing i'm not voting for democrats or i'm not voting for joe biden or if you're in the state of oregon you're not voting for Ted Wheeler. I don't even know if he's up or if he's termed out or Kate Brown again. Um, you know, maybe that is your protest and maybe I should put my rocks down and not throw them at you. Um, and, and I, I hope, I don't know, but I hope in the fall there's enough people that, um, and I, I think the Republican party will do a pretty good job because really the only thing they have are ad campaigns. Um, Trump has been neutered 
with this virus. He cannot go out and do these massive rallies, which is really his, um, his forte. And that's, that's where he gets his energy and his fuel. He can't do it. And conversely, Biden, who, um, that is his Achilles heel. He is, he is given a a colossal pass that he doesn't have to go out and do anything. So this works heavily against Donald Trump. So really at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, the only thing that we have and the Republican national committee will probably do this, um, is to just do effective ad campaigns where they show cities burning, where they, um, play footage of guys like Ted Wheeler or Kate Brown saying everything's under control when it clearly is not. And and maybe that's what it's going to take to wake people up. And I, I said this on the show last week when AOC and my blood pressure just goes up every single time I, I think of how horribly disrespectful and dismissive um, she is to African-Americans and and people of color in this country when she says, um, you know, uh, crime and uh, and uh, bad economies are one in the same. Um, Just just horribly presumptive to assume that poor people that are working hard in the city who happen to be African-American, just they or their children just pick up a gun um, and commit crime because Donald Trump has trashed the economy. That, 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 those comments are so terrible. Um, but, but I, I have to think that there's enough people um, uh, of color uh, that are Democrats, that are Republicans, that where I was going with this is those individuals that, that AOC thinks she has all figured out. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, and you may be one of those people in my audience. My my audience is not of any uh, a uniform socioeconomic um, status. You know, everybody. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just not. Um, everybody likes peace. Everybody likes to go to um, whatever property they own or whatever business they own without fear of a two by four crashing through their skull. Um, everybody, when they call the police, such as the McCloskey's in St. Louis, expect them to show up in, instead of either not answering the phone or saying, Hey dude, you're on your own. People are marching on the guy's home and he calls the police and they say, Hey man, can't help you. I wish we could help you, but we can't help you. Um, you know, uh, we are neutered by the politicians that um, tell us when to jump and how high to jump. So poor people, people of color, rich people, um, and everything in between that, uh, rich people of color, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to be safe. Everybody wants to be free. Everybody wants to be free from a beatdown. And if these Democrats are going to run on everything's fine when poor people, rich people, black people, white people have eyeballs and they see what's going on. I think if, if they're not outraged and they're not saying it publicly for fear of perhaps a beatdown, they are going to come out and vote for um, 
candidates of of either Democrat or Republican persuasion that are going to say enough. I will keep you safe. I will um, I will end the madness to the best of my ability as a as a um, person in the executive branch or a person that legislates. And I think at the end of the day, I'm hoping. I don't know, but I'm hoping that um, that degree of common sense is still in the heart, minds, and souls of enough people that Democrats will lose seats in the House. They will not. Um, they will lose the House. They will not take the Senate, and um, and hopefully Joe Biden will not be president of the United States. So. Um, you know, uh, again, our, our favorite politicians, congressional Democrats, uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in this article say that the Trump administration is overstepping its bounds. The use of stormtroopers, again, you you um, you create the verbiage you win the war under the guise of law and order is a tactic that is not appropriate to our country in any way pelosi told reporters now let's stop there again um forgive me younger listeners in our audience that don't remember waco um nancy pelosi was around during waco i don't believe chuck schumer was um at least as a politician but i know nancy pelosi was um do you think she had a problem with Attorney General Janet Reno and Bill Clinton incinerating 80 people um, down in Waco, Texas, um, or, or many of the other uh, heavy-handed um, stormtrooper-type things that the uh, Clinton administration did for eight years? No, she didn't. This is this is um, this is uh, political selective outrage on the part of Nancy Pelosi. Um, Trump announced Wednesday that he plans to send additional federal police into Chicago and Albuquerque, where homicides and violent crime have risen among the coronavirus pandemic. Now, at the risk of contradicting many of the things that I've said for the last 15 minutes, this is dicey. Um, it's dicey because it is not the Fed's purview if um, people are being murdered uh, in, in the garden variety way, I really hate to use that term, but there's no other way to say it. Um, for for Donald Trump to throw a dart at the map and say, "Hey, things are out of control in Chicago. My feds are coming there next." And Albuquerque, you better watch your p's and q's because I'll be there um, soon enough. Um, I don't think he is on as solid ground as he is in the city of Portland or the city of Seattle. Um, it's, it's sad. It's unfortunate. Um, their gun policies in the city of Chicago have led largely to this problem. God fearing, tax paying, um, decent, hardworking African Americans probably cannot, um, uh, have guns to the degree that they need to have guns in Chicago to protect themselves. And they are sitting ducks for people that have um, served notice that they will kill them to take their property or just kill them for the heck of it. Um, that is not a reason for the feds to come into Chicago and quote unquote, clean up what's going on. So um, one thing I see about Donald Trump, um, he does usually stop short of anything 
extra constitutional. Um, his predecessor, Barack Obama, did not. But Donald Trump does stop short of this. But I can tell you, he comes right up into the line and, and the rhetoric he uses is undeniably red meat for um, people that love Donald Trump to the end of time and see no distinction, as this author of this article does, um, between Portland and Chicago. Um, the author of this article um, tends to think um, that Portland Eh, kind of dicey. Maybe he shouldn't be there. The politicians in the area say that he definitely, the Fed should not be there. I disagree with both of those observations. I think they should be. Uh, I think they should have been or will be in Seattle. But I do agree with the author of the article that when Trump is smells that he can solidify his base or maybe um, prey on the fears of of some more Americans by saying, Hey, I'm coming to your town next to kick some butt and clean it up there because your people aren't doing it. I think that's not helpful. I think that's not his, um, uh, right to do. I don't think it's the feds right to do as unfortunate as I think, um, some of these cities, um, the, the situation that they're in, um, the feds, uh, just should not come in and uh, do what the police force is supposed to do in those cities. Um, so um, again, we we are thinking today. We are we are not just saying Trump good, Biden bad, Fed's good, Fed's bad. We are we are trying to look at the issues of the day, um, and 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 just look at them in a logical way. And I think if we all start to think, it will be a better uh, society. Next article here, Trump cancels Jacksonville, Florida convention. Um, this just happened. President Trump has called off the Florida portion of the 2020 Republican National Convention. I told my team it's time to cancel Jacksonville, Florida um, component of the GOP convention, Trump told reporters on Thursday. Trump added the timing for this event is just not right as Florida's COVID-19 cases skyrocket. The quadrennial gathering where the president was due to officially accept his party's nomination was set to take place the week of August 24th to the 27th in the coastal city. Instead, Trump promised Republicans would hold tele-rallies and other online events to gin up the party faithful before the November 3rd general election. He still formally addresses delegates and supporters before taking the presumptive 2020. Um, uh, okay. He'd still formally address delegates and supporters before taking on presumptive 2020 Democrat standard bearer, Joe Biden in the fall. Um, it goes on to say Republicans' activities in Jacksonville were put in doubt as Florida struggles with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, so last month, uh, the Jacksonville mayor, Leonard Lenny Curry, slapped a mask mandate on residents as the virus uh, spread across the state. Then this week, Duval County Sheriff Mike Williams said he wasn't sure he had the money or manpower to provide security for the um, the event. Um, and so as, as you may recall, Republican officials decided the last minute to yank the majority of, um, 
their 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 RNC uh, convention that was host in Charlotte, and now they went to Jacksonville, and that's gone. Um, again, this has got to be extraordinarily concerning for Donald Trump. He has absolutely no control over what the virus does and where it does it. Um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the venue for the DNC convention, um, seems to be uh, coronavirus stable. So they are going to meet there. But a a politician that um, thrives on contact with the masses and just eats these situations up and, and just gets a tremendous political bump from rallies and this is the mother of all rallies for for all you republicans for him to again have to be blunted thwarted by fate if you will there's really nothing he can do about this it's got to be extraordinarily concerning for um donald trump and republicans in general and and as i stated before conversely um you know you have joe biden this is a dream for people who handle Joe Biden. Uh, talk about uh, you you could not get two different strengths or and or weaknesses. What is Donald Trump's strength is what is being thwarted at every turn by this virus and many other things. And what is um, Joe Biden's absolute weakness is um, hidden and um, uh put under wraps uh, by the same virus. It's it's really quite breathtaking that if, if you didn't have the virus, what this campaign would look like now, the handlers of Joe Biden would literally be biting their nails every single day because the candidate would have been forced to do, um, you know, uh, press conferences rallies of uh that are anemically attended um and those rallies would be largely overshadowed by rallies of 20 or 30,000 people um and uh and he he is such a beneficiary of of the the restrictions of this virus it it makes you scratch your head um if Donald Trump wins in um and in, in many of the polls and many of these uh swing states are not looking good for him right now but they weren't looking great for him at this time four years ago um you know if he wins this thing in november it will be really a major major uh accomplishment love him or hate him a, a president that has been thrown such curveballs that again, love him or hate him, have absolutely nothing to do with his policies. Um, a virus, um, a, a, a jerk in Minneapolis, um, murdering a citizen and, and sending a cascade of craziness and thoughtful, um, positive uh, uh, marching in the street as well um, across this nation uh, and, and uh, unemployment skyrocketing because of uh, governmental uh, edicts telling people you can and cannot uh, you know conduct business 
if he wins in the face of all this, it would be a major accomplishment. Love him or hate him. It really would be. So that's where we're going to end it uh, today. This has been Kurt Flewelling, Reshaping America. Until next week, have a great day.